0: You can find them at megavoice.com or you'll find a link in the show notes and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, episode 54 with Selena Headley. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. Hi there, Brian Ensminger here. Before we get into today's interview, I wanted to give just a quick update on the upcoming 5K. So for those of you who don't know, I'm planning to run a 5K in May. And while this might seem a little bit personal, I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. And one of them is because I want to use it to raise some money for a missionary. Now, I'm still working out some of the details about that. But if you're interested, check out engagingrun.me for more information. And also, I'm really happy to report that one of my friends, Michael Heaton, will be joining me on this. As far as I know, this is his first race in a long, long time, and he's deep in training right now. So I think that's really, really neat. Again, if you want to keep up with any updates, visit engagingrun.me. All right, let's get started. I'm really happy to have Selena Headley on the show today. In fact, it's amazing to me that we're able to connect and do this because she's connected over a cell network all the way in South Africa and talking to me here in Nashville, Tennessee over Skype. So to me, the technology to make this happen is amazing. But that's enough about that. I want to talk about Selena. She's a missionary with Every Nation Ministries, serving as a lecturer in Cornerstone Institute in South Africa. She developed and has taught the community development curriculum for the past four years. She has a passion for building local leaders who are focused on alleviating poverty and building community. She also provides training for community-based organizations and churches in South Africa and other nations, such as Sierra Leone. And that's just a small part of it. For a deeper look, we're going to turn to Selena for just a minute to fill in the gaps. Okay, Selena, we've heard a little bit about you, but can you take a minute and tell us a little bit more about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally.
1: Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, yeah, I guess I I should start in some sense. Um, I was really drawn into the South African story in the late 80s when I was uh, a student at university studying social work and just hearing about apartheid and the whole system um, was kind of shocking to me. I, I was raised in Canada and studied at the University of British Columbia and um, yeah, I just got drawn into this story and when I graduated I felt called into ministry, began working with international students and found out about some ministers who were at um, Witts University in Johannesburg. So 19, 1992 was actually the first time I came to South Africa. And I served for six months at the campus, and it was really quite a tumultuous time in the nation. Um, Mandela had been released from jail, but they were still negotiating a peaceful transition. And um, yeah, it was just a very interesting time for me to experience that. The laws for apartheid were still in place. And um, yeah, it was good for me to experience that, I think, to, to understand the context that I'm in today. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I've been uh, been here in South Africa now a little over seven years um, since I returned and, and really have been serving here.
0: Well, Selena, yeah. thanks so much for sharing that. Now, before we get into our typical interview... I know that you had sent me some information about the end of apartheid, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about what life is like for you in South Africa 20 years after the end of apartheid. Specifically, I'm interested in what what are some of the challenges that remain, and what are some of the new challenges that have come up?
1: Mm. Well, um, you know, I think... Um Obviously, the, the, the transition uh, from apartheid was kind of a, a major thing, and, and I'm glad I had that experience of being here before um, just to, to sense, you know, kind of what things changed and what things seemed like they remained the same a little bit. Um, but I think uh, really in South Africa today, um, unemployment and uh Just inequality, you know, in terms of economically and the racial divide, um, just, and and of course, poverty, which has many faces in terms of things like, um, yeah, just high prevalence of HIV still remains an issue. And um, people who are still uh, not in proper housing, living in township areas, which have a lot of shack kind of dwellings um, gangsterism drugs you know different things that are concentrated a lot of times in the bigger cities and uh, yeah just still I, I I think the racial divide is still a, a big challenge and continually comes up um, and then of course just economically it's reflected I mean the government has many challenges and Things like corruption and um yeah, just just so many things that <laughs> that are are still to be tackled,
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like mm-hmm. it
1: mhm
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. now, now as as we get into this, you know one of the things I like to do is hear something about kind of the the motivation or the fuel behind the the fire behind what you 're doing, and one of the things that I find is. It really helps me is to hear maybe a scripture or some kind of quote that has really kind of shaped how you how you approach ministry. Would you mind sharing with us one of those?
1: Sure. You know, I mean I think um I'm very inspired by Isaiah sixty one, verses one to six, and it's a bit of a long passage and maybe I'll read the first part and emphasize another part that really inspires me, but you know, it's the scripture that Jesus quoted and Um, The beginning of his ministry, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And um, this this part I really wanted to emphasize. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And that scripture, um, of course, is just inspiring for the work that I desire to do um, just in terms of, of really equipping um, a generation and yeah, just younger leaders around issues of poverty alleviation and community development. And um, yeah, just the work that the Lord does the, the fact that God uses individuals in, in a nation like this to, to be the ones that will, yeah, just restore those things that are broken. And, um, yeah, just to, to see really the devastation of generations turn around. It's, it's really only the grace of God that can do that. And, and it's, you know, real individuals who are Africans who understand their context. Those are the ones that I want to be able to, by God's grace, build their capacity so that they are able to, to see those things happen. So I hope that, uh, that's clear a little bit, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. You, you know, I, that's one of the scriptures that I like it, I don't know that I have a favorite anymore. There are so many, but one of the things that stands out to me is that whole, you know, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that whole transition thing that we hear about. Um, mm-hmm. and I think about it and I think, you know, a lot of times we see the garment of praise. But we forget about that spirit of heaviness, especially when we're looking at other people. So we maybe have an opportunity to look at ourselves and we see, well, I've got this heaviness on me. Look at all these other people wearing the garment of praise, that kind of thing. And so that's part of Mm -hmm. the reason I like to start off with a story about a challenge. And that's what we're going to go to right now. I'd like for you, if you would, to share with us a time when you faced a a challenge or some kind of failure or something, and then share with us what God did in that time as well.
1: Mm Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's been a a a long journey to, to this is a, a lifelong journey that that I've been on just to to really follow God's will and and be here in Africa. Um, you know, it wasn't a quick thing that I, I ended up here. I soon after I became a believer, I I felt that call to Africa, but it took many years for me to come the first time, and then it was twelve years later before I returned and. Um, I came at the invitation of uh, my local pastor here um, who really they had been doing um, developmental kind of work in communities uh, through the church for a number of years through an organization called Tembalicha. And um, just having an opportunity to to come back again and really sensing, okay, this is the time now for me to to be here, you know, 12 years after that first time. And, you know, I, I kind of, joke with, with some of my, uh, the leaders I work with now, they, they say I kind of ran away the first time. But I, I mean, I think I was pretty overwhelmed with what I experienced um, in in that that time in in, in 1992. And yet, um, you know, so coming back, I was gung-ho and felt like, okay, now I've got a lot more to offer. I've been educated a bit more and I've had a chance to get a lot more experience working in, in poor communities in the U.S. and Los Angeles with the homeless and a number of other things and I'm ready to take this on and really the task that that I had before me was to set up a kind of a training school for leaders in, in, in churches that were working in poor communities just to equip them with the tools and the training that they needed and um, so it, you know, really took time that first year just to listen and to learn what was taking place as far as training was going, and kind of designed a a five month program. Um, first three months of, of really you know various exposing them to various skills and and um, really a good theological and biblical understanding of poverty and and things that would really equip them and help them. And um, so kind of put it together, got it running. In 2009 um that uh, the first group of students was very exciting and then I kind of thought oh if you build it they will come uh, And the next year when I went to <laughs> go ahead and offer that again it just seemed like I wasn't able to get the number of students to really make it viable and you know that felt like a bit of a failure and it was like lord what I don't understand you know I've, I've waited so long to get back here and this is a great program and it really helped the, that first group of students and um you know, now Now what if, if I'm not going to do this? And I, I, you know, I just had to have a season, a time of just kind of putting it before the Lord again. And, and you know, I felt like he kind of urged me to think about, well, you know, how about a distance training where students can really um, stay in their field of ministry and not have to come away to study, but that you can kind of you know, deliver the, the content over the Internet or different various ways and think creatively so that that uh, the training can go to them instead of them coming to participate and so i began to think about that and pray about it didn't know exactly how that was going to happen and um and i guess it 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 turned out during that time that's really when i connected with the folks more deeply at cornerstone institute which is a was then Cornerstone Christian College, um, expanded now to do many other programs beyond theology, but they've they've had a, a program with theology with a focus on community development. And as I met with them and just shared with them where I was, they were at that particular time taking something that was very similar to what I had developed, a certificate in community development, and wanting to put that literally online and mm-hmm. um, asked me if I would kind of head up that effort. So... So that was kind of the answer to <laughs> what I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, and then connecting with Cornerstone was just a wonderful um, uh, kind of a synchronization of vision, and uh, and that's how I got connected to Cornerstone. So, uh, but I think through that I I just learned you know at times when we pursue something that God puts before us, we Think it's going to go a certain way, and and um, we kind of have a, something in our mind. It doesn't always go that way, but one of the things we have to do is learn how to persevere and just continue to give it back to the Lord. Because it's like, well, Lord, I know I'm here because You want me to be here, and um, I know I'm called to to build the capacity of leaders. So you know, I give it back to You, and You, you can make it happen. So. So that, uh, you know, that led to something sort of a, a wider group that I've, I've been able to get access to in terms of training and development.
0: Wow. Uh, isn't it amazing how God works in those things? You you reach an in place, a place where it seems like you're at an impasse and God mm-hmm. has something else waiting for you right, right there. Maybe not yeah. at that moment, but at the right time, it's there. With that I would like yeah. to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum. We've heard about one of these challenges, but we also know that there are these times in our lives when God reveals something to us. Whether it's a, sort of a momentary thing like a shaft of light almost or whether God starts to reveal things to us over time and over time we begin seeing what God's been doing. Can you share one of those times in your life when God revealed something to you? And then yeah. share with I'm sorry, and then share with us what you did once once God did that. Hmm.
1: I guess um, I guess just sometimes um you know we we wonder if we're being effective in in the work or the calling that that we have and I think um you know my mission you know is a little different in some ways um in you know from a traditional missionary, perhaps i mean it, it really about identifying um tools and, and, and equipping leaders that are on the front lines that are doing poverty la- alleviation in their communities. And and you know, I've had some great opportunities to do that here. Um, I've also, over the years, been connected with Sierra Leone. That's a place I've been traveling over the last several years, um, just connected with a ministry there and, um, yeah, just going back and forth and really taking some of the stuff and really training their leaders. I mean, they have a wonderful team of leaders. They do amazing, you know, church planting that just is kind of mind-blowing, but yet they are very much engaged in meeting the needs of the community. And um, last June when I was there, I had an opportunity to present a writing and development workshop to their some of their key leaders over these various ministries, including a wonderful orphan care program they have that's that's really locally led and um, they have local believers who have really taken up the charge to look after orphans in their community and long term fostering and the church has come up with this wonderful program that's actually been recognized there by the government as a really excellent solution to the orphan issue Um, so you know the leaders from the, the promised land and a few other educational ministries and all these kinds of things. And I guess the the, the moment was just kind of uh, presenting to them some of these tools on unlocking that creative gift in, in development and in telling the stories of the work of community development through the church and, and that kind of thing and kind of sharing this information with these leaders and seeing them, Kind of have a light go on to tap into that creativity that they have as writers to be able to write that story and, and to share it, and so I guess that was just one of those moments where it's really the joy of seeing other people have those aha moments. I guess where they see and recognize the gifting that they have uh, that God has put in them. Um, because yeah, for me that's really what it's about. You know, I'm I'm here to serve. Uh, African leaders to serve them you know God has gifted them with an ability and with gifts and talents and part of it is just helping them unlock their creativity and their gifting to be able to do what God has called them to do and so that's that's thrilling to be able to to see yeah to see people get more in contact with with gifts and things that they didn't didn't necessarily recognize and um, that will make them more effective in the field
0: yeah you know it's it's interesting that you shared the the bit about learning to tell the story because you know mm-hmm. as as we look at ministries in particular people who are working with people that are trapped in poverty or things like that, it's so easy to talk about the need and talk about statistics. but what people connect with really are the stories of those transformed lives the the mm-hmm. the stories of the people who didn't ha- who didn't have a way out, and then God provided that way it's, it's just yeah. Man, uh, <laughs> uh, there are so many ministries over here that could use that as well. In fact, I think of myself as I, I could probably use that. I'm not leading a ministry, but you know, the ability to tell that story is amazing. With that, I would like to kind of catch us up to the present day, though. What I'd like to hear is maybe something that's going on in your ministry right now yeah. or something that you see coming in the future that's really exciting you. Mm. You
1: know, I think... Like I say, one of the great joys I have really is connecting with local young leaders. And uh, one thing that's been particularly exciting for me has been um, just connecting with a a really a group um of young leaders that have been kind of wrestling with some of the really big issues here in South Africa looking at the legacy of poverty and unemployment and, and so many things. And um, just, um, I had a chance to uh, join this, this this group, I guess, in November, uh, called Changemakers, that, um, where I really connected with these young leaders through an organization called Freedom Mantle. And what they're doing, their vision really is to work across denominations, across organizations, just bringing together Christian young People and you know this was a, a new organization that kind of they it was spurred on by the death of Nelson Mandela actually when um, he just over a year ago was December fifth was the anniversary of his death and he was such a key leader in this nation and um, you know I think it it was just a time for everyone to take account and these young leaders just came together and began to think about, you know, what does it mean to take up that mantle of leadership from someone like Nelson Mandela. And and the the idea, was a message preached at his funeral about Elisha and Elijah and how it was that when Elijah was was departing this world that Elisha made, made a choice to follow after him and to actually pick up that mantle. And so the the organization is called Freedom Mantle with the idea that it's not just an individual. You know, we need a generation, actually, of young leaders to pick up the mantle of Nelson Mandela that will will have the kind of leadership that will be self-sacrificing and that will have integrity and vision for this nation because there's been you know, as I said, a lot of really troubling signs in one sense, politically and economically, that would, you know, if, if one's a pessimist, could say that this, this country is, could be going in a, a pretty bad direction. Um, but, you know, the hopeful thing is these leaders are saying, you know, as Christians, we need to be willing to really intentionally think about what will it take for us to step into the public square, step into the place Of the greatest needs in this nation and begin to you know be willing to lead because we need a generation that will be willing to tackle these hard issues and particularly with a biblical perspective so for me connecting with freedom mantle and and being part of really what's a developing movement what we hope will be a movement of young people where we're going to really intentionally think about training and equipping young people to literally, you know, deal with some of these really difficult issues that are still plaguing this nation. Um, You know, if we as, for example, just the racial divides that still exist in this nation, you know, as believers, I mean, who but those who believe in Jesus can, can bring a message of reconciliation and but, you know, along with that comes hard conversations and, and really hard work. Uh, but, yeah, this, this group of young people are really ready to enter into this space, and I'm very excited to be a part of, yeah, just helping them develop this and, and see how we can really create that movement of, of young leaders that will take this nation into the future. I really believe strongly that the gospel has implications for justice, for um, human flourishing at every level, and um, as Christians that we can be yeah, we can be active in sharing the good news in every in every avenue.
0: That, that is so exciting. And it's interesting to me that you almost did the transition to the next question by yourself, uh, because as I think about the people who are listeners to the podcast, typically there are going to be people who are in the U.S. or in North America who are called into the marketplace. You know, we have a few mm-hmm. missionaries who listen, but primarily we're getting people who are connected to missionaries who care about missions, but are called into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's in that situation and they're starting to wonder if what they do in business really matters in the kingdom?
1: Well, I just, I've, my sense is that, you know, we all are called to express the glory of God in our work. And, you know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. And that is absolutely true of everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, we are called to make the world a better place in every, in every avenue, in every place that we find ourselves as believers. And I, I believe very strongly that, that we as a church really need to be equipped even more to see and recognize that that is part of what we are are called to do in, in every area, that we don't just... Think of things in spiritual terms, but understanding that we need, you know, educators that have a sense of purpose and and calling out the gifting in young children or uh, people who do law with integrity or business people that, you know, understand the implications of justice and pay fair wages and respect and honor their employees and so really every if we as believers in every aspect would be really thinking widely about what does it mean to be good news in our context i, I just think that the salt and the light of the gospel would penetrate so much deeper in our world so i i very strongly <laughs> believe in every everybody in whatever you're doing that we are called to be salt and
0: light I really appreciate you sharing that. As I was thinking about this, um, as you were answering, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is it's so common for, a, for, For us, especially in North America, to think of Christianity as something that involves a sinner's prayer and living a moral Mm. life—you know—you basically you say, "Okay, Jesus, I want my fire insurance, and I'm not going to be mean to people anymore." But it's so much more than that. It's this Mm -hmm. deep and abiding relationship with God that works itself out in and through our entire lives. I I, I love the way you framed that. That was that was great. Uh, Now, I also know that some of the people who are listening already do support missionaries, either financially or in prayer, but maybe they're looking for a way to kind of level up their game. What's one thing Mm -hmm. that they could do to further support or uh, encourage a missionary? Yeah,
1: you know, I think, um, I was thinking of this sort of on a wider scale. I I think of myself, I mean, what, what encourages me greatly? I mean, I have, I just feel like I have an amazing group of partners and supporters who have really been with me over the long haul. I mean, it's really amazing to me. I've been out here this more than seven years, and and many of these folks have been on my support team right from the beginning and continue with monthly support or annual gifts that really allow me to have the freedom to do what I do, and I, I so appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think one of the challenges, perhaps for missionaries like myself, who spend the majority of the time out of the nation of or out of North America uh, is really, you know, that point when you come back and you spend time, you try to connect, reconnect with people. Um, You know, some of the things that have been the greatest gifts to me have been, you know, those individuals who really recognize just um, the challenge I face when I, you know, I come back and I'm I'm getting reacquainted with uh, what's happening in North American culture and, uh, you know, just, real practical things like when i come back needing a base a place to stay um a vehicle to use <laughs> yeah. just you know real practical things folks that that really are able to say you know what I, you can come and stay here with us and and uh just that have opened the door for me like that that is is it's an incredible blessing and um yeah i think for for missionaries who are are out of the country for a long time and come back. It just it needs a lot for people to to really yeah just be considerate of of the things that that maybe are our needs like that that are very practical. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it absolutely that does. Time. Yeah, thank thanks so much. With that, I would like to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs>
1: Sounds like a plan. I don't know about amazing answers, but, uh, I will do what I can to, uh, to respond.
0: (laughs) What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? One thing I wish I would have known. Let's see.
1: Um, you know, I think that this is really about following your calling is about being walking, running in a marathon. It's not a sprint to really focus on, um, just being <laughs> healthy and in, in, your, your spiritual life, your physical life all around relationally um, is so important because you need it for the long run. You know, if we give everything we've got and, and just burn out, it, it doesn't help. I mean, I've, I've, I've had experience with that and understand the importance of just, yeah, staying strong for the long run.
0: Looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently?
1: You know, I think, um, yeah, maybe just learning to uh, trust a little bit more that that inner voice. <laughs> when God puts a conviction in your heart for something, um, sometimes we let the circumstances, uh, things look daunting and difficult, and and we just think, no, no, that's too difficult. But um, you know, it, it's been those moments when I've pressed through and listened to kind of swam upstream, you know, did the thing that maybe wasn't so easy. That's allowed me to, I think, enter into some, some of the plans and purposes of God for my life. So, um, yeah, learning to, to trust God's direction and, and swim upstream, go countercultural sometimes.
0: <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: You know, I think, um, when I had the, the, the benefit, um, kind of after that, that season of burnout in my early years, I, I had the benefit of going back to to school for some retraining. And I think that's partly why I'm so passionate about training young leaders, because um, at a very key time, I, I had the chance to go to Polish seminary and get some great input at a time when I felt like I was kind of burned out. And one of my instructors that spoke about God is really f- focused on our being, not just our doing, that um, it's, it's so important that we are human beings, not human doings, <laughs> and that you, learning how to be uh, in God's presence and, and be grounded in Him is, is key, and that the doing flow out of that.
0: So, okay. yeah. Do you have a personal habit that you strongly believe contributes to what God's done in your life?
1: You know, I think uh, just early on, just uh, a love for the Word of God. Um, you know, there are a lot of books that we can read and a lot of things that, that we can do. But, you know, having the opportunity of reading God's Word and connecting with Him, um, thinking God's thoughts after Him, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I, yeah, I just have sort of a personal commitment to you know, at least five minutes a day of reading God's Word. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's something that I think has been helped me just really stay grounded and connected to the Lord over the years.
0: That's great. Do you have an Internet resource, something that you use and could share with our listeners?
1: Um, You know, there's... um, if, if folks are really interested in pursuing and thinking more about Christian development and, and this whole issue, there's a great website, um, Terra Fund International Learning Zone um, is is a great site with a lot of really helpful resources for someone who wants to go a little deeper into this whole integral mission and just looking at the bigger picture. Okay. It's an
0: excellent website. And do you have a book that you recommend for our listeners?
1: Um, You know, there's a book that I really love because I think it contains a lot of the kind of principles I like to teach um, others. Um, It's a book called When Helping Hurts, Mm -hmm. How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourselves. Um, Just a, a great book in terms of giving a good biblical theological background for poverty alleviation, really understanding important things like the asset based approach um and, and the need to recognize the gifting that God has already placed in communities and in people and that we don't run in and think we have all the answers, but we really help people recognize what God has already put there. Or we, we just partner, we come alongside. It's not about assets really about what God's already doing in communities and we get to join him. So
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you brought that book up. It was. I I read that a few years ago, and it was both an enjoyable and a really frustrating experience at the same time. Uh, Enjoyable Mm. because I was going, wow, my perspective so needs to shift. And frustrating Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is so hard. There's no easy answer. Mm -hmm. It's not a quick fix. That's right. For for those of you who are listening, if you're driving to work or something right now, uh, all of the resources that Selena has mentioned will be in the show notes at slash. Selena Headley, so you don't need to text yourself while you're driving or anything like that. You can go ahead and just check that out there, and we'll have the book recommendation as well as the internet resource right there. Now, Selena, we've got just a couple minutes left. I'd like to go and focus just a little bit deeper again and a little bit more on your ministry and ministry advice and some perspective. What would you tell somebody who's living in the mm-hmm. U.S., and they look up and realize that their neighbors and their co-workers are... Changing that it's that now they're surrounded by people that just a couple of years ago they thought that only missionaries talked to these people. What would you tell them?
1: Mm. Mm. Well, I would tell them that you know, God has given us uh, an incredible gift in His love, and um, His love crosses barriers, it crosses barriers to, uh, you know, he, Jesus came as a human being and, and laid aside his glory and, and uh, became a human so that uh, that we could be free. And it's really about connecting with people. It's about relationship. Um, and if we want to show God's love, it then means building a relationship with people, not with an agenda, but really with the desire just to love people and and trust that we will have opportunities to share the goodness of God as we connect with them and and also really to learn and listen. Uh, That's really important. Uh, You know, God is at work with things like and encourage people. You know, when we think about poor communities, God's at work in those communities. Everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit's already at work. And part of what we're called to do is to see what is the holy spirit what is god already doing and join in with him so um so yeah
0: i guess just build relationships and love people okay and we're almost done selena do, do you have time to maybe answer just one more question and give us some contact information sure yeah okay mm-hmm. so i'm just looking for maybe one last piece of advice and then we'll we'll talk about contact information after that yeah
1: um you know i think just um i'll just encourage people to think more broadly about what it means to be good news and um to bring the good news to share the good news you know we we have to look beyond just the surface level and one of the things that um i encourage people to think about as they think about poor communities don't just look at the outward things look at what what god has given poverty is is about broken relationships with ourselves, with our neighbors, with God, and we all have brokenness. So, yeah, just the call to, to look a little broader, a little deeper, and see how God can help us be ones that encourage, um, yeah, relationship, relational healing in, in all areas, and, and just that reconnection with, with God.
0: Okay. And you had sent me some, some links for people to connect with you. Are those the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I do try to do a, uh, a newsletter, kind of uh, usually bi-monthly. I'm a little behind now, but I need to, <laughs> to do that. I just uh, t- try to communicate a little bit about my work with uh, friends, supporters for prayer and, and uh, encouragement and I'd um, happy for people to connect with me through email directly so that I can, can add them to that update list and of course, um, yeah, yeah, the cornerstone website, and um, I'm also listed as a, as a uh, missionary there on the every nation
0: site as well. so yeah. Okay. And again, f- for those of you listening, we will be linking all of this stuff up in the show notes. So just stop by engagingmissions.com slash Selena Headley, and you'll find all of that information there. Selena, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Well, thank you, Brian. It's really been a pleasure.
0: Thanks. That's all the time that we had with Selena Headley. For me, it was wonderful to be able to connect with her. Just the thought that I'm able to connect over the miles using Skype, her in South Africa and me in, here in the U.S., it's just amazing the, the technology that God allows us to use and the things that we're able to do with it. As I mentioned during the interview, if you connected with Selena and you'd like to connect with her further or perhaps connect with some of the resources that she mentioned, I have those listed and all linked up in the show notes. Notes at engagingmissions.com slash Headley, or slash 54 as in episode 54. Now, whether this is your first time here, perhaps you're connected with Selena, perhaps you found me through web search, or perhaps you've been subscribed for some time. I'm just really thankful that you're here. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have your feedback. Maybe something about the show that you liked, maybe something that you think could be improved, perhaps a question that you have or some insight that really hits you from the interview that we had with Selena. You can leave that, of course, in the comments at engagingmissions.com/slash Selena Headley if there's something a little bit more personal that you'd like to send to me directly, you can send that to feedback at engaging I read all of those emails myself and I respond as I'm able. And then also one other thing that you could do if you're interested, perhaps you have not already subscribed to the show in iTunes, or perhaps you have, uh, but leaving a rating and review can mean a lot. And if you visit engaging slash iTunes, you'll find all of the information that you need right there. A link that takes you directly to the show in iTunes so that you can subscribe if you'd like. And then a, there's a video about two and a half minutes that shows you anything that you might need to know. Uh, if you've never subscribed to a podcast in iTunes, it might seem a little bit difficult. And so I wanted to make it as easy as possible. And I also wanted to comment a little bit about those ratings and those reviews because they help other people find the show. So somebody who's searching for the kinds of things that Selena talked about might be more likely to find her because of the rating and the review that you leave. So those really mean a lot to me and also to the people out there who are perhaps searching for an answer, perhaps searching for someone to connect with and not just Selena, but the other 50 some odd guests that we've had so far and the guests that we have coming in the future, it helps them connect with that. My heart's cry, my desire for you is that what we share here would impact your life, that it would give you the fuel to go forward, that it maybe would help you deepen your relationship with God, that it might give you a new insight into ministry or perhaps just some challenge that you're facing in your life. And my hope is that it would pour into you so that you can pour out and glorify Christ in new ways. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.